Welcome to Minor League Cricket on 99.94 to talk about this Pacific Conference Final where the favourites, Silicon Valley Strikers, the title holders from last year, were upset by the Seattle Thunderbolts who've come from kind of nowhere to make it in this tournament. A brilliant few weeks. Uh, I am Jared Kimber, your uh, uh, the host of Red Inc, a podcast and many other things on 99.94. With me is former New Zealand Into the Wind stalwart who represented his nation 36 times in outdoor cricket and a few times in indoor cricket, but he didn't give me the exact numbers. So that's Ian O'Brien. And also from the ground out, the man at emerging cricket and major leagues cricket uh, person, a man who loves our sport so much on Twitter, he just calls himself Crick fan USA, it's Nate Hayes. Welcome, gentlemen. Let's just get straight to it, Nate, because it sounds like you're in a party over there as we've got the break between the two innings. Nate, tell me, is this considered an upset? Did we not expect the strikers to win this game? I think, you know, I think to a lot of people it, it might be considered. Honestly, if you followed the league closely the last few weeks, I don't think you can call it an upset. The hot team coming into the playoffs, coming into this round of the playoffs especially is the uh, Seattle Thunderbolts and with the quality that they have the way they improved their team in the offseason they were a middle of the road team last year they added a lot of great role players to the team in the offseason we we kind of picked them to make it into the playoffs and at that point you know it's anyone's game they're only only eight teams out of 26 make the playoffs so you got to be good you got a chance if you make the playoffs basically uh, Ian, you, uh, you know, throughout that first innings on, on commentary for 99.94, you were quite harsh on the way that uh, the strikers went about it. It wasn't so much that the bowling was terrible, but they didn't seem to match up the bowling with the plans that they needed, did they? The bowling wasn't terrible. There, there, were, there were bits that were very indifferent. I think, that, I think that's fair. But, but the fielding certainly didn't match up. In terms of fielding positions and, and, and the planning that goes into the positions, it was very obvious that, that some players hit in certain areas. That was their strength. And on that kind of a pitch, as the game developed, you had to change. You had to roll with it. And they, I don't think the, the, the strikers at all worked out where their fielders should be. Fine leg, third man, such a massive scoring part of the, part of the ground in that game. And they just forever left it vacant. And that frustrated me no end. Uh, and, 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 and I think with the bowling, the quality of bowling in places, but with the fielding, fielding placements, I think there's 40 runs that the Thunderbolts have overscored. I think they're 40 plus, about 40, 40 high. And that's, um, that's an easy win for the strikers uh, if you take off those runs, even half of those runs. And Nate, you look at uh, when when Andreas Hus is out um, at that stage, you really strikers are well on top. We're looking at the rest of the batting and going, "What are the Thunderbolts going to get?" They're knocking the ball around. There was a lot of singles, even a lot of dot balls there for a little while, and then suddenly, kind of out of nowhere, uh, Rishi Bardwaj just plays well one of the probably the best innings of his career. He's ended up with sixty six from forty seven balls. Uh, he was in complete control for a lot of that innings. Take us through him and what you made of the innings. Well, Rishi Bardwaj is basically, like, I guess, considered. He's not a major league contract player. He's considered just a very, very good club player, which the way the teams are composed, you need a certain number of basically locals in your in your playing 11. He moved to Seattle to play for this team in the offseason from, from Atlanta, and he's much more well-known in the southeast in the Atlanta area. But um, very good batter, 
Uh, he's played before in Sri Lanka, but I, th- I, I was not shocked to see him go off play and play so well. He has played at this ground before, which I think is a big advantage. A lot of the guys in the Pacific, especially on his team in Seattle, haven't played on this ground before. Uh, but I agree with, with Ian that the fielding placements should have been a little bit better. I think they got a little bit maybe cocky with Fidel Edwards even. He, he gave a lot of runs. He did take wickets, but he gave a lot of runs. You saw a couple of sixes go right over top of the fielders that he had placed. He was trying to get them to hit there, but the batters were just better a couple of times. So I think, and that tends to happen a lot of times in this uh, league as you get a lot of full member cricketers that come into this league in their first week, you know, it's kind of a slap in the face. It's a better league than they think it might be. I don't know if that happened with Edwards. He did go expensive. Um, But you you mentioned the flow of the game with the bowlers and things like that. Uh, Typically, they bowl Saurabh and Kulvinder Singh as as open, you know, they start with those two. But when you have Roshan Primus, who is a quick bowler, but they tend to bowl him in the middle overs, and he's not in the team anymore, and you bring in Fidel Edwards, now you have to find a spot for Fidel Edwards to bowl, and not everybody bowls in the same places. So I think that interrupted the flow of their typical innings, the typical bowling innings that that they're used to creating. It's interesting, isn't it, Ian? Because, like, first ball, Fidel Edwards gets a wicket, where he's certainly too quick for the guys when they first come out to the crease. You're sitting there thinking he's, go- he's going to be the difference between the two teams. He kind of was the difference between the two teams in the end, but, but it was that big over in the 17th when they hit him everywhere. Well, it was two sixes in. I think it was he bowled the fourth over. He was hit for two sixes. And that was Hampreet Singh, and then he was out the next delivery. But And then, yeah, the 17th was, uh, was a couple of sixes and a four, I think, was in that over. It, it was one of those pitches where the faster you bowled, the easier it hit the middle of the bat, and it was the cleaner you were hit. If you have a look at overall in both innings, uh, the uh, the Thunderbolts had the quicker of the bowling attacks, and they almost lost it. Um, again, going back, strikers strikers gave away 40-plus runs, about 40 runs. And so the quicker the bowler on this surface, the harder it is for you. Absolute surface need to be into the wicket. I don't think Fidel Edwards did enough of it. I think certainly 17th and 20th, he went death as opposed to still bowling into the surface and getting the variations, those balls to spin and rip. I think that's what the lesson for the uh, for the next two teams, for the for the fire and the stallions, my stallions. <laughs> um, uh, Pranay uh, Shuri, Nate, he, he bowled well. He, I think he bowled a couple of overs, went at about 14 runs, I think, off the top of my head, 14, 15 runs, so he bowled pretty well. Comes out with the bat. If you look at the scorecard, you're probably going to go, well, he's made 29 off 26. But uh, Lendl Simmons was maybe the most important innings because, yeah, and he looked like he was going to win it for the strikers. But their last chance was really sure. And he really did hold that batting together. It's just that he couldn't get any, he couldn't get Gary Graham or, or even Dion Ryan. None of them could sort of lift up around him. But that innings really did hold the strikers up. They've ended up probably closer to the score because he, he batted it all. Yeah, when when, when uh, Lendl Simmons got out, I mean, he had just hit just a few balls before. He had just hit two sixes, and then he got out. And, you know, that gave – they were well on their way at that point. Uh, Surrey kind of kept, you know, kept the thing – kept the innings together. But when Gary Graham came in, he's been a finisher for them for, for much of the season. He's certainly capable. He, at one point, he, on two straight balls, he scored ten runs. And that – at the point where he scored that six and that four, it looked like Silicon Valley was going to just win the game. It looked like that was it. And then he got out immediately. And at that point, yes, it did become Pranay Suri's job 
Um, like you said, 29 for 26 doesn't look great on the scorecard, but like like you said, he got them to a point where they were in shooting distance. They could they could actually win the game. I want to talk about some point, of the Jared, sorry, Jared, It was at that point when he got them close that he changed his game, that he went mm. away from how he had been scoring his runs. He had been scoring his runs by getting inside and getting it down to fine leg and then backing away and getting it through backward point uh, third man. He went to the power game at the death. Stay the same. Keep doing what you do. So that little rush of blood that we saw from Simmons, that we saw some Graham, that we and, and we again we saw from Sudi, those three rushes of blood just held them back, and and the two wickets, and then not being able to reach it. Yeah, and it's worth talking about the Thunderbolts uh, bowlers, as you said, they probably weren't as well suited to the surface as as perhaps the strikers looked. But uh, you know, uh, Ian, you look at Fani Simahadri. He's such a unique bowler. He's a, he's slow. He's left arm and he's a slinger. You kind of, one of those things, two of those things might happen. To have all three is, is quite random. And and on this particular pitch, I think you made a joke halfway through, Ian, that like it's like he had rolled the pitch for himself. Oh, it, he, he, he needs to be packing this one up and, and taking it with him. Stephen Taylor, he loves he loves playing at this ground. He absolutely, so it's home ground. Well, it's not, but it's his home ground. And I think the same here. Uh, he wants to be wrapping this wicket up and taking it with him. Perfect, perfect combination of pace, a little bit of bounce, and then the grip and the grip for his variations. His release reminded me, and I said it during commentary on 99.94, that it reminded me of Mustafizur from Bangladesh. That release is just that little bit later than you think it is. And so you're just that that little bit behind in terms of your movements and your delivery. And then he's got the pace up delivery, as you call it, Jared. And then he goes, oh, the quick one. And that's the one that um, that's the one that he didn't have as much success with, but is the, the the off speeds just so good, just so good. His last over though, the last over he did bowl, I think he went away from what he does best. He went death instead of doing what he did best. That could have cost the uh, that could have cost the Thunderbolts, but very good, very very good bowler. An interesting thing about him, I'd like to interject. Uh, an interesting thing about Fani is if you take his his death overs wickets for the season and you only take his death overs wick wickets for the season, he's still in the top five of wicket takers in the entire league. Yeah, he's, for me, he's got that kind of uh, like Harshal Patel or Benny Howell like difference, if you know what I mean. He's different enough that all the way through the game, he's going to be hard to to score off at the rate you want to score off at uh, him. I, I, he's a fascinating bowler. I looked at his record beforehand. I don't understand why he hasn't played more, uh, you know, top-level cricket. But then you look at him and you go, well, I understand why selectors haven't picked him. I still think they're wrong, but that's a that's a whole, right. whole yeah. different conversation. Um, Nate, here's another one for you. If 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 you were to say the Thunderbolts won this game, I reckon you would have said, that you would have guessed that Hamid Singh makes 40 off 15 balls and then comes out and gets absolutely, gets three or four wickets and doesn't get hit off the square. He made 20 off 10 or, or, or 20 off 12, I think it was. Um, so he, 22 off 11. To, yeah. I was so close twice. No, I was on both sides of that and you had to correct me. Too. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> so he batted okay, but was out quite early. But he's bowling. He went for runs, right? That's not what the Thunderbolt would would have expected. He's been such a good player for them. Yes, especially, you know, he gets a chance to bowl. A lot of their games they played on, on Astro. And, you know, you're just going to get bullied uh, by good batters on Astro, by strong batters on Astro. And, yeah, so he's been looking forward to playing here. And, yeah, he did get whacked around. The 22 from 11 ended up being really important. You know, win a close game like that, you need that boost. But they really would have wanted him to go, you know, into the into the teens with his batting. Yeah, no. It, as far as overs, fact, you know. That fact that he's been playing most of his games on Astro, 
that sort of tells me why he didn't have such a good day today. He bowled Astro. Instead of adapting to this kind of a pitch, he bowled Astro, which you do want to sort of skid it on, kiss it on. This pitch, you want to yeah. hit into it. You want to bowl, get the seam to grip. And so not used to this pitch tomorrow for the final. Okay, he, hopefully he's got a little bit more up his sleeve and he learns quickly. Yeah, it's um, it, I mean, it's I don't think you can get much better situation for the Thunderbolts in that they've they've come into this game. Their best player hasn't had a blinder, and they've still gone up against the reigning champs and knocked them out. They're going to have so much confidence. Uh, Ian, just looking ahead for you, you know, now having watched the Thunderbolts play, uh, obviously we've only seen the first game, so I'm not going to get you to be too Nostradamus, but it, this looks like a quality team. They're going to be tough for whoever they play, uh, and I wouldn't say that this surface completely uh, was in their favour either. No, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think their bowlers will learn. Uh, they have to learn, uh, and they have to learn. I, I'm a little bit surprised they didn't get more. They didn't learn more by watching their batters in the first innings by by sitting behind a TV or, or, or talking about it a lot more. I'm a little bit surprised they didn't uh, have ha, have bowl better for the surface. They bowled very well, but not for that surface. So in terms of their bowling, I think that's a very good bowling lineup for a good surface. They'll learn. They'll get better. Their batting lineup. Dumb, dumb stuff at times. There was some very, very strange, uh, some of the wickets, but that's what you get with with this, this sort of lower level when you compare it to the to the top level. I have to say, so you you get people making making bad mistakes, silly mistakes, dumb, dumb mistakes. They'll get better, but I think they're a pretty good all round team. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I, I like them. I picked them at the start of the day. I'm happy with them. Nate, for you, just on the strikers, a uh, very quick one. They'll be gutted with this. I mean, obviously, it's a knockout game and everything else, but they won the first yeah. 11 games of the season. They really lost form at the wrong time, didn't they? Yes, and, and they, you know, they won a lot of close games, too. One of the things, you look at a team with, that's got the record that they have, uh, you, you might think, oh, well, maybe it, things were too easy on them all year, and finally it got tough, and they just crumbled. But that's not really the case. They had a couple of close games that they, that they won by the skin of their teeth, so they pride themselves in being able to close out a game like today, and they just weren't on eight, well, they were unable to. And I think, really, the big... The big problem was, you know, Simmons, when he got out and when Gary Graham got out, I, you know, I thought, yeah, after Gary Graham got out, I thought, OK, this is probably going Seattle's way, you know, because that was, you know, they have guys who can hit big down the order, but you want a guy who is used to finishing the game, you know, in that spot. Uh, and just on the Thunderbolts, it is incredible the way that their team has come back from basically not even look like they were going to make the playoffs and be where they are now. Um, there's really... You know, looking at this team and the way they're playing, the confidence, there's nothing to say that no matter who they play in that final, that they're not a very good chance of winning. Look, they've, they've Absolutely. sorry, Nate, sorry, Nate, I'm going to jump in it's here okay. because I've got Go a ahead. wonderful stat. Last four games, they've scored at 11, <laughs> before today, they've scored at 11.4 runs per mm. over. That was a stat you gave me, Nate, but I had to get it in. That's how, they've, and they only just uh, qualified on net run rate, mm. only just. They've had to catch up so much and so that confidence some people call it momentum hate that word but they're playing and they understand and know how to win that confidence goes so far and they found a way to win no problems uh, look, we'll call it there uh, nate nate looks like he's got to talk to one of his many admirers oh, he is a so, busy man uh, such an important fellow isn't he he's i think he's the unofficial mayor of morrisville but we'll leave the podcast there big thanks to everyone uh for listening in to, to these podcasts on 99.94 we'll do another one after the next semi-final and we'll also have one after the final as well so big thank you to nate the most the most famous man of morrisville and also to ian o'brien <laughs> we'll see you again on 99.94 